morning. Merry Christmas. Boy, haven't they done a wonderful job this morning? Come on, give it up to everybody that worked hard. You know, when I think about Christmas, uh, I just think many times, uh, wouldn't you agree, Christmas just gets kind of complicated? You know, I mean, I know that, uh, I think about it, if you really think about it, uh, the more kids you have, the more complicated it gets. Uh, if you have, if you're part of a divorced family, it's really complicated. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And you know, it really gets complicated when someone comes to your house that you really didn't want to be there anyway, and it gets really complicated when they show up. I mean, I'm even talking about. And you know, I just think, uh, you know, uh, men, I just think out of everybody, it's the most complicated for them. And you, you know why? Let, let me just tell you. I think that for men, it, it's, it's just, it's really hard because there's a lot of reasons, but, but uh, our wives lie to us. That's the biggest reason. I mean, it, I mean, how many of you know, our wives really do lie to you? What do you mean, Pastor Robert? I ask you, you ask them like, what do you want for Christmas? What do they say? Oh, nothing. I don't need anything. Woe to the man <laughs> that believes that. I'm just telling you, but... Everything, something else is complicating that puts us a lot, under a lot of pressure many times. And exactly what, you know, it's like people, how I many you know, it's like people tell you exactly what they want for Christmas. And, you know, it, that gets complicated sometimes because I know how to surprise someone when they don't know what to, they're, they're expecting to get for Christmas. But how do you surprise someone when they, you give them exactly what they expected? You know, if you're going to come with me, I'm the kind of go, come with me to the store, pick out what you want, put it on the counter, let's go, go visit somewhere else, let me buy it and bring it up. Come on, you're not talking about it. But how do you make someone surprised when you got them exactly what they wanted? That's kind of complicated. And you know, but I know, I know you surprise someone with uh, that gift they want. And you know, it's like sometimes it's so complicated going to the mall, the pressure you get doing all those different things to please everybody. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, and I think what really makes Christmas really complicated sometimes is just the the whole family thing. What do you mean, Pastor? I believe last year, you know, last year, you you know, it's like last year we were with your family, and this year we're going to be with my family, and this is the way we're going to be. And maybe you've had that list where you had to just come to that point where you go, you know what? Let's wise people make a list, okay? And they go, okay, this year, this is what we're going to do. If you, you know, you wives, you know how it is. You, your husband comes to your baby, you just make the list. Whatever days you want me to be with your family, just tell me. And, you know, they make a list like Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, uh, Memorial Day, Easter, Independence Day. And then you as a guy, you get that other list, and it's kind of like, like Halloween, uh, Groundhog Day, Labor Day, National Arbor Day, and Flag Day. But you know how it is. You know, it just gets so complicated. I know with my wife, her family, I know that for her it's a real, every year it's a sacrifice when we're not able to be with her family. They live in Washington State or Oregon, and they're all down in Arizona right now. And I just, I really have compassion for her. You know, where a lot of, we're with my family, but many times she's missed her family. And I know that gets complicated. And see, 
I know, unfortunately, I don't have a magic wand this morning to kind of go, all right, everybody, just hold your hand out. And I wave it, and it just uncomplicates Christmas. How many of you know that doesn't happen? I wish I had one where it, didn't, it wasn't so complicated. But I know this. The reason it's complicated many times, the one thing that I should, you know, that shouldn't be complicated about Christmas, I believe this, is the message of Christmas. I believe that, you know, the, the, the reason it's so complicated, it's people like, it might be my fault, it may be a pastor's fault that you went to, or a church's fault, that kind of complicated Christmas. Unfortunately, there's many times the message of Christmas becomes just as complicated as all the Christmas stuff. You know, I, I, I know this, that, that some people come and they only come to, to church two times a year, Christmas and Easter. That's okay. We're not here to get on you. or We're glad that you're here, but we're here the rest of the year. But I just know this, is that this morning what I want to do, unfortunately, today I want to share with you the uncomplicated message of Christmas. Because I know that sometimes people come... And, and, and what they do is they come and go, I'm just going to go to this church. And, you know, and when you go to the church and you visit, and they, what they do is they, they just, I knew, I had suspicions. That's what they would be like, and that's what they were like, and I don't need to go back. We, they just live up to your suspicions. But this morning, what I want to do, if there's any message in the world that everyone should hear is the message of Christmas. How many of you agree with me? And see... So what I would like you to do, if you have a Bible, if you don't, do we have it printed up here on the screen this morning? It's in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. And it just says this. It says, the angel reassured them, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. You know, I always think about how it's just so... The angel says, you know, he says, don't be afraid. That's easy. How many, how many days of the week do you hear a voice coming from somewhere and it goes, don't be afraid. Just hearing the voice, you go, what the heck? What is that? And see, I know this. The good news is where you get the word. The, the angel says, we have some good news. It's where we get the word gospel. In other words, gospel means this. This is what it means. A good story. It's a good story. See, the story is so good that you have joy, and it will be for all the people. That's what it says. See, there's some, there, there, if, if, if there is anything about the message of Christianity that doesn't strike you as good news, then perhaps someone distorted Christianity to you. I know growing up, I grew up that, uh, you know, my, my mom and dad were different denominations, so they couldn't get along. And they couldn't figure out what church they were going to go to because, you know, sometimes we would, sometimes we wouldn't. My grandmother was another, another uh, denomination, and my other grandmother was part of a cult. And so my, my mama left my dad and married another man. He was part of another denomination. And so by the time I came around, it was like, I, I, didn't, need, I didn't need religion. I needed out of my state of confusion. And I can just say this, is that so many times it gets complicated. When someone walks up to you and says, hey, I have good news, what do you think? What's it going to cost me if you got good news? But I know this good news is information about something awesome that's just taking place. 
You know, good news is when your boss comes up to you and says, by the way, you've done such a great job this year, I'm going to give you a mega raise. And everybody goes, yeah, that's good news. Or how about good news is, you know, all of a sudden if you're in school and all of a sudden the teacher comes to you, you know what? I canceled the exam. Yes! Because you didn't study anyway. Our good news might be all of a sudden your, someone, your in-laws called and they said they couldn't come for Christmas. Good news! I'll just say this. The Christmas message, the message of Christmas is 100% good news. 100% good news. You see, the message of the gospel is 100% good news. If you think... If, if, if you think about it, it's bad news. I, I would just think, if you think that Christmas is bad news, it's just somebody hadn't made it clear for you. Here's some, here's some things that people do. Here's the good, this is what good news is not. Number one is, you need to straighten up. Thou shalt not. Come on, straighten up. Quit that. Stop doing all that stuff. That's not good news. Another thing is, get back to church. And people go, man, Jesus, hey, when Jesus was born, there wasn't no church. Why do I need to get back to church? Or maybe it's, get your life, give your life to God. It's a request. It's like an exam. It's something that costs me something. I don't know if I want that. That's not good news. See, I believe this, is that when you look at the, at the Bible and you look at the the Gospel of John, because that's where we're going to go to. But I love the guy John, because as he writes what I'm fixing to read to you in a minute, he was called John the Beloved. He was close to Jesus. Actually, he was one of the guys, when Jesus called him, he was fishing with his brother. And, and, and he called him, and, and even when Jesus was on the cross and he was about to die, he looked at John, and he says, Behold, your mother. And see, in tr- Jewish tradition is when someone would die, what happened, whatever next child or the oldest child will take care of their parents and he looked at John and he commissioned John Jesus did commissioned John to take care of his mother many of uh, the, the the pictures of, of Jesus you see John laying on his chest it's called John the beloved that he was loved but you know the thing I love is that that John even in an old age when he was on the Isle of Patmos he began to write the books of the Bible and it wasn't because there were stories. It was because, see, it wasn't just a story he heard. He, it was an experience that he had because he walked with Jesus. He was there with Jesus. And so what happened is he got old. He began to write things about what took place in his experience with Jesus. And it was called the book of John. And someone sent it to Rome. And they began to put other books together. But this book was different because this was a guy that experienced life with Jesus. And his name was John. And so what happens, John tells this story of a conversation Jesus is having with this guy called Nicodemus. And what happens is, in the middle of the conversation, John just blurts out this extraordinary statement. It's the most famous verse that's in the Bible and around the world. And it says this, For God loved the world so much... 
that he gave. Let me just stop right there. You see, Jesus loved the world so much that he did what people do that are in love. They give. How many of you remember when you were in love, when you first fell in love? Come on. I hear guys, I remember, I, I used to think, man, before I mar- married my wife, before I started dating my wife, I used to think, I wish I had all the money that I wasted for all those gifts to the girls that I never married. How many of you know about? Come on. I'd be a rich man. But he is like, and he's like, you give things. See, this is what's mind-blowing for the Romans. Here the Romans are. They're seeing this, that God gave, and that the gods didn't give love to human beings. In fact, the, the, the pagan version, what they would say, the gods played and the people paid. See, the gods didn't love people. They used people. John 3, 16 says this, listen, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. See, there's something about Jesus and his unique relationship with God the Father. See, God gave what was the most valuable, what was most valuable to him. Jesus gave what was most valuable to him, his life. He gave it for the world, for his Father. See, the creator of the world loved this world, and he gave the son for it. Look at me. That's good news. Say it with me. Say good news. See, John, here's John. He's explaining. See, this isn't a story. This is an experience. It's right in the middle as he's having this conversation. Then he goes on, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever or everyone who believes. In other words, whoever, red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. That means whoever. That means that 60-year-old woman that's still connected to a bottle and can't give up and thinks they can't get, her life can't be different or she'll never change. He gave up to whoever, to that man that had that experience with his father. That all his father did was speak mean to him and beat him and, and said things for that man too. Jesus came for every person. That means whoever, everyone, that God loves everyone, that you haven't gone too far, you haven't done too much, that he loves everyone. One. Everyone. Everyone. No distinction, no pers- partiality. Everyone. The Thibodeaux across the, the Bayou Nipike that used to shoot each other. He loves them. He loves you, Mama, that you can't stand. He loves your cousin. He loves those relatives that are coming to your house this Christmas. Here's where we go deep. I want you to understand the extraordinary verse. Believe is a place that you put all your weight on. You put your weight on it. In other words, believe means it means you put your weight and your trust in it. Believe actually means trust. If you look at the Greek word, it says trust. Trust. How many of you know we all have a hard time with trusting people? You can't trust your kids to go outside anymore like we used to. I mean, when we were kids, you know, we wore baseball caps. We didn't wear helmets. When we were kids, I was put in a lead-based paint crib, and I didn't die. When I was a kid, we didn't have seatbelts. Hello? What was that? When I was a kid, it was a pleasure to be able to ride in the back of a pickup. Now you get a ticket. 
I mean, we don't trust anything anymore. You can't trust. And unfortunately, what's happening in Newtown in Connecticut, this, I mean, I just feel for all those parents. It's hard. Now you can't trust. I guarantee you, I know I did. If you didn't, I hugged my kids a little tighter this year toward the end after hearing that bad news. The good news is God is there for every one of us. You see, I believe this. Here's this stool. It's just a simple stool. It's a stool. Don't you all believe that's a stool? If you have, some of you have gone to college, they, they try to tell you that that stool doesn't exist. It might be a figment of your imagination. I'm fixing to see if it's a figment of my imagination. But see, I can believe I got a stool, but it's not, it's not just believing toward it. I've got to be able to put... I got to be able to put my weight on this stool and trust that it's going to hold me up. You see, that's what God says. Can you tr- believe means trust me? You listen, someone may have disappointed you. They could have listen. I've been to churches where they had mean people. No one but mean people that went there. How are you talking about? And you go, how can I be a part of that? And I'm sorry if that's taking my little granddaughter is going to be fine. But see, what happens is the Bible says this, For God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever who believes in him will not perish, but it says this, but will have eternal life. What does eternal life mean? Eternal life means you, you won't stop going. It means you just keep going. You will never cease to be. See, God loved. God gave. We believe. And if we believe, we receive eternal life. See, how, here's how Jesus defined eternal life. All right? This isn't me. This is, Jesus defines it in John 17, verse 2 and 3. For you have given him authority over everything. He gives eternal life to each one. You have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. Look what it says. To know you, the the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one who sent to earth. In other words, eternal life is, listen to me, look at me. Eternal life is an intimate relationship with Jesus. It's purely relational. That's what it is. It's a relationship. See, 1 John says it like this. Uh, John 1.12, he says, but, but to all who believe him or trust him, accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. That's a relational word. You become my children. We become one with one another. You know, it's like, God, so here it is. Look at me. Here, here's what's complicated. This is, this, this is the simple, this is the purest I can give it to you this morning. Okay, so first of all, we know that God loved. How many believe that? God loved. God gave because he loved. Then what we have to do, here's our responsibility. We believe. We have to believe that. And if we believe that, we receive. So say it when we say, God loved. God gave. We believe. We receive. That's God life. You see, and this is the bad news. Even if you don't believe it, I don't know how, but if you don't believe that, even if you don't buy it, bad news how? How is that bad news? You see, 
John chapter John 3:17. My dad always, you know, everybody knows what John 3:16 says, but what does 1 John 3:16 say? What does John 3:17 say? And so I want you to see that I think about my dad this morning because he's it's John 3:17 cuz he always knew that verse. He goes, "Well, everybody knows John 3:16, but what does it say after that?" And look what it says. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through who? Him. If you've ever felt judged by the church, they sent you the wrong message. If you've ever been judged by a messenger, it was a bad messenger. Are you hearing me? It's the messenger's fault. But see, when a man and a woman or a child places their trust in Jesus and they receive the life of Christ, they become the children of God. See, all my children, we have six of them. They all have the bubble life inside of them. What do you mean? They're my children. They're, I am in them. It doesn't matter. They can't get away. I'm in them. No matter what. I'm in them. To have the bubble life. You see, God's seeing this. I want to be in you. So today, I just say this. There's a connection. There's a connection of a God life through him. Becomes, it becomes relational. It becomes relational. Today, I declare to you good news. What is the good news, Pastor? So I want to ask you, have you put your full trust in Christ? As long as you're trusting in you to get God's good graces, you have no idea where you stand with God. You just don't. If you're looking to you to get it done, Jesus has some great news for you. He wants you to know for sure. How do I do this? This is how you do it. By placing your trust. Placing your weight. Your weight. In Him. You know, this morning, I just say, what can be better than that? That's the gospel. That's the Christmas message. That's the good news that God sent for every one of us to come. For God so loved the world, the world so much that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone, whosoever believes in him, will not perish but have eternal life. God loved us. God gave. We believe what he said and what he did and we receive my question is what can be better than that can I just say something I'm gonna I'm gonna close I'm gonna pray but I'll just say this because I don't want to be long how many of you enjoyed this morning look we, we we've enjoyed we enjoyed, we're so privileged that you came to be with us this morning. But I wouldn't want you to miss out on what Christmas really means. It's really trusting the good news. What the angels proclaim, that he was going to send, that Jesus came 
to, to demonstrate God's love. That he would give his best, his only. God had a son and he was a missionary. And he sent him to this world to rescue the world. And all we have to do is believe what God said he did. If you've been hurt by a messenger. Or church. It's not your fault. Look at me. Please forgive us. Forgive us. Because this is the thing. The most important thing is to trust Him. Jesus. Many times, people have misrepresented Him. I have, I'm sure. But I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive the church. When I say the, the church in general, wherever you visited, forgive them. Because see, this is what Jesus came to do. He came to make, he didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. And you know what? The most important thing, the good news is you don't have to stay in the place where you are. I don't have a magic wand this morning to say, all right, forgive them of everything, God. Help them. Let them have a new start. But Jesus promises if you trust him and you pray, and I'm going to pray here in a minute. And there's nothing special about my prayer. But, it's, but I believe this. If you pray with me, you can even change the words. If you pray with me and you trust what God did and how much he loves and what he gave, all you have to do is believe and receive. And you can too. You can find the good news of Jesus Christ. I just want to pray. Can you just... I don't want to make a real religious moment where everybody closes. You keep your eyes wide open. I don't care. Because if I got good news coming, I'm keeping my eyes watching. Just like Christmas. There's, my kids can't wait. They got three days of hallelujah choruses. Today, after we, we celebrate Christmas, tomorrow night we celebrate Christmas, and the next morning we celebrate Christmas. So they hit the jackpot. It's kind of like the little girl at Paradise Park that we saw that got a little Barbie doll. And I just love her response. When she opened the Barbie doll, she just went, Ah, this is the best day of my life. And I look at it this way. If you unwrap and see what the gospel is all about, the good news, the good story, and you see what Jesus, he's better. It's the best day of your life. It's the good news. Let me pray. Father, this morning, I thank you for everyone here. And we come. We come because, Lord, you showed that you love us. Not only did you show it and prove that you love us, but you gave. You gave your best and your only son. That we could have a unique relationship with you. That you're not mad at us. You're not mad at us, God. You're here to rescue us to help us that we see not only do we hear about the good news but we receive the good news pray this with me Lord I just come this morning I believe that you love me I believe that you gave Jesus for me. I believe it. 
Lord, right now, I just ask that you would help me to trust, to trust you with my whole life, with all that's within me. I've messed up. I've blown it. And I'm asking you to forgive me because I want to start new. This, this would be a, 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 the best Christmas. This would be the best moment in my life as I come and I believe and I trust you with my whole heart. Thank you for loving me right where I'm at. Thank you, thank you for meeting me for where I'm at. The Lord, I'm asking this morning that you would help me to start that new journey, that new course of life as I trust you today. Maybe you came this morning and you said, Pastor Bubba, I I really believe I'm going to trust God this morning. I put my trust in Him. If that's you this morning, and can we just all stand? Just, just all stand. You say, Pastor Bob, I know I'm not where I needed to be, but this morning I prayed that prayer, and I'm going to trust Jesus. If that's you this morning, here's a step I'm asking you to take. Would you just be willing to come as we sing? Just come right down these aisles. And I would just love to meet you and pray with you and congratulate you for trusting the good news this year. That the angels proclaim that you can trust, that you can believe, that from this day forward, your life will never be the same. Amen? You say, well, Pastor Brian, I don't like getting out and greeting anybody. I'm not here... I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just here to congratulate you. And I just want to shake your hand and tell you I'm so, I'm so excited for what God's going to do in your life and what he's doing in your life this morning.